The following podcast is brought to you by Marks with Mics. I have no problem calling people Marks. No, no, he's thinking, don't tell me! Mark. Don't tell me! Mamma mia! Mamma mia! Are you kidding me? Mark is. Welcome to the Marks with Mike's podcast. Here are your hosts, Mr. Six Foot Nine, the homeboy, Doug Douglas, and Dre, the Juice Man. And welcome back to another edition of Marks with Mike's. This is episode number 73. 73? Yeah, man, 73. We are, we're getting up there. Uh, man, what an eventful weekend this past weekend. If you don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about uh, Fighter Fest. Yeah, we got the, the first AEW show that was a pay-per-view but wasn't a pay-per-view. So they went all out, but they didn't go all out. But they were all in, but they weren't all in. But yeah, it was... Uh, pretty good show don't you think i mean yeah it, it was a pretty decent show uh i would say a lot of great moments uh i wouldn't say it was anything compared to double or nothing uh if i had to be honest i've seen nxt episodes along the same level yeah i mean there were some definite moments of wow this is some stuff that i wouldn't see anywhere else there's also kind of been you know, I, I think between these two shows, you can already kind of get that AEW feel. So there was a couple of those AEW type matches. Um, you know, we got some good stuff out of Cody and Darby Allen. Um, you know, probably one of the, the prime examples of when you probably want to go to a draw. So that was uh, a good way to not only display that draws are a thing nowadays, but you know, give the right guy the the reason for the draw. So um, yeah chair shot at the end not so good i mean good for reaction purposes not so good for the long term of cody's brain but you know uh the rumor is that it was gimmicked or whatever so who knows if that's actually the case or if they're just covering for uh an audience that maybe they thought was going to be all about that but wasn't quite all about that so you know it's hard to say because it's wrestling and everything is fake and everything is real and all at the same time. I mean, definitely agree with you 100% with that. Um, not sure if it was needed. I was actually happy with the match and then with the draw. I actually didn't need Sean Spears running in at the end. I mean, he could have for shock factor, but, you know, the chair to the head is just, you know, kind of... Nowadays, it's kind of tough, you know? You could have easily hit him in the back with with the chair. I mean, you could have done a chair spot. You could have taken him out. (coughs) You could have done brass knuckles. You could have done a few other things that would have gotten a similar effect. Um, You know, rig a a baking sheet or something. You know, something that we know has less torque behind it um, if you're going to go for the headshot. But... um, yeah, all, all of that, I mean, we got some nice carnage in the uh, main event with Moxley and Joey Janela, and um, kind of set the picture for a few of the things like the, the tag team division, um, and starting to get some storylines built in the women's division as we kind of see Nyla Rose get upset. Um, but yeah, building some things, you know, I, like we were talking before the show, I think this is a a good way for them to bridge the gap between the big pay-per-views that they're going to put on and the destinations like Vegas and Chicago, um, but still getting the product out there, building some things, getting um, the tournaments established, all that, so that when we get to TNT tapings, it doesn't seem like we don't know what's going on and whatnot. It's got a little steam to it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it does give them uh a path to follow but nevertheless it was a uh, pretty pretty solid uh event one takeaway one takeaway i would say once again with the shots 
being thrown at the other company. Of course, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the moment where they were coming out in their Street Fighter gear, uh, the Young Bucks, they're on stage, and a fan hops up on the, on the ramp and does the whole Batista um, intro thing. Now, if you don't know where that comes from, that actually comes from a moment back in WWE when the fan, younger fan, actually ran during a segment where they were filming, and, they ran, and he ran right in front of them. So they kind of mimicked that, did it on stage, and, you know, to me, it was like, all right, really? But at this point, you know, it's wrestling. Not to get offended, but not offended at all by it. I just wish they would just stick to just AEW. It's weird because they did the whole it's Stan thing and they kicked the producer backstage at, at Double or Nothing. It's almost like they're paying homage to, to WWE in a way. And I know they take it as shots, but at the same time, you're almost putting WWE over by acknowledging that they've had these memorable moments. So um, it, it's hard to say whether these are even shots. I mean, if in a war standpoint... I guess they'll be taken that way more times than not, but I don't know. That That's why I don't think that they should even do them because you, you, you're you almost reminding them of good times on the other products. So if you're trying to take a shot, I mean, the the throne was super, uh, you know, literal, but, you know, at least it was specific and you knew exactly what it was saying. You know, with, with Mach and Batista, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I've seen a lot of good Batista matches. I've seen a lot of good Young Buck matches. So, I don't know. It's uh, weird that they keep bringing attention to WWE. It's very weird. Uh, you know, as a company, you're trying to establish establish yourself as something new. You know, I just figured that I would just stick to my product. But, moving on from that, uh, talking about new, the new direction on Monday Night Raw, already kicking off with a bang. Uh, Bobby Lashley, Braun Strowman going through the stage and... Oh, my God! Literally, or as Corey Graves said, holy shit. Holy shit! He could have sold it a little bit better if you're going to say holy shit. I mean, you had all day probably to prepare for that holy shit. You got to give us a better holy shit than that, Corey. Step up your acting, sir. It was good. It was it was a solid eight out of ten. But uh, you know they, they sold the shit out of it afterwards with everyone from heels to faces talking about uh, you know get about get well guys and we're thinking about you. So that that's that's good to see. If they're gonna do stretcher gimmicks, they need to really do it because they overdo it sometimes and then. There's situations where the dude's back the next day, or every time they're in a stretcher, they're hopping off the stretcher. So, you know, it was good to see them followed up on SmackDown with a, a promo from Lashley, who's at home resting but out of the hospital, but Strowman's still being evaluated kind of thing. So, you know, doing stuff like that lets people's characters breathe a little bit, lets them get off the air for a week or two. Let's them rest their bodies a little bit. They need to do more stuff like this to push stories forward. And that's how you can get more people on air without having to do a wild card gimmick and stuff like that. You can cycle through the characters having, you know, 10 out of 15 acts or whatever, you know, group stables get on the air, but never the same ones necessarily unless they're the top guys or the champs and stuff like that. So it's a good way to make sure that everyone's staying involved. I mean, you know, I, I definitely I definitely enjoyed uh, that whole entire segment, but Raw itself just felt different. Uh, felt different, it looked different, and hopefully they have a new set within the next week or two. Uh, but it just felt and looked different. I mean, even down to... Mike Canellis and Maria Canellis, they're they're assuming with uh, Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins. I mean, that was great. Uh, if you were trying to find anything wrong with Monday Night Raw and SmackDown Live, then you were really just reaching. You were really just digging, just you know, trying to find something. You definitely can't say it was predictable. You, it, it may not have hit all of your specific tastes, but. 
no one went into that show knowing what was going to happen. I'm sure maybe at least a, a, a portion of people would have guessed that it probably started off with the Paul Heyman promo or a, a Vince McMahon kicking it over to Paul Heyman promo. But, you know, they stayed away from that. They showed that Paul Heyman was there by writing a segment that had Paul Heyman influences. And the whole Maria and Mike thing, you know, you get your bitch and f- I could hear Paul Heyman say- pitching that because you could just it was a it was a Paul Heyman line. Oh yeah, uh, just <laughs> it's got that attitude, you know, for lack of a cliche, but I mean it is cliche to say that you know bring the attitude or the the ruthless aggression, but um, yeah, it's it's. It's got some spice to it. I think that's the biggest thing that people have been looking for is some spice uh, to the program. Yeah, it's, it's it's been very bland, like chicken with no season, like horrible. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, w- even with SmackDown, you know, e- the, the promos were getting to the point you know we've we they when kevin owens comes out and starts lighting up ziggler it's acknowledging that we've we have heard that promo from ziggler and we don't need to hear it again and it gives someone like an owens an opportunity to reestablish himself on the mic because he's been kind of wavering a little bit so give him a little bit of a fire promo like that is always good um it almost like it's almost like they were back to teasing a babyface Owens a little bit again with him going up against Ziggler. But then again, we might be seeing more blurred lines underneath the new regime where it's not as clear cut baby and heel, or this heel's allowed to not like this heel and not just all heels get along and all faces get along and everything is so black and white. Yeah, it's uh, definitely taking that turn to the best direction. I think with Eric Bischoff actually. Behind the scenes on this, I think it's actually going to turn out to be a whole different feel to the show. Not so much as of a SmackDown back in 2004 or 5, but just a whole different type of vision for it. Especially with going uh, going to Fox and Fox wanting uh, our president actually be on the first episode of SmackDown on Fox. Uh, That's a long shot. So, you know, that's neither here nor there. Is it? I think that's something Trump's going to jump all over, but that's for another day. But, yeah, I mean, there's going to be some new stuff. There's going to be new sets. There's going to be new logos. We're going to see some changes soon. And, new cameras. Uh, new cameras. Um, man, it would be nice to see some pyro back on a regular basis. Well, we got we got a little bit of pyro there with the whole Bobby Lashley and Braun. I mean, they might have blown up the pyro that they had stashed for the next couple pay-per-views. Oh, but wait, there was also the promo and the, the promo. There was also the pyro that hit the uh, rain pulse with the Undertaker. Well, that wasn't pyro, sir. That was a lightning bolt summoned by the Undertaker. That was legit and real, and I will fight anyone who disagrees with me. Did I just break kayfabe? <laughs> I think I broke kayfabe. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so the lightning hit the rain. That's right. Uh, but you know, I'm 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 glad. I mean, may, maybe we, we will get this pyro back, and I would love to see pyro. I mean, if Ring Honor has pyro, Impact sometime has pyro. They've got sparklers. Yeah, they, they got sparklers. You know, the one thing that we uh, from SmackDown that I'll say is it was nice to see that they pulled back, and I don't even know if it was pulled back because it just might be interpreted by some who expected it to be revealed this week, but. With Aleister Black, I like that they're not having his opponent come to the ring until SummerSlam because or Extreme, Extreme Rules. Rules. Sorry, there's there's so few examples anymore of WWE actually holding a card in their hand until the actual pay per view. Anytime that the Demon Finn Balor has shown up, he always shows up the week before the pay per view, and it loses its thing where. You could tease it, but you still don't see him in the gear and the makeup and whatever until the actual show. You got to give me a reason to to tune into the show and give me something that I can't see. And to have the dude play basically doorbell ditch on him, just ding dong, run away, 
knocked on the door, ran away. And then he acknowledged in his promo that not only are we now going to physically fight, we're going in this battle of emotions. So there's the mind games of the dude acknowledging that Alistair seems to just someone to knock on this door. And then the dude knocks on the door and then just hikes it down the hallway or wherever he might be. But, you know, it was it was good to see that them still building anticipation while keeping it moving. And even though we didn't get a new fun house this week, we still got some mercy appearances and things like that popping up. So they're moving everything along. They, they seem to, to be getting better at continuity, which is such a big thing for them that they were lacking. So question is, who do you think knocked on the door? If the dirt sheets mean anything, I keep hearing Cesaro come up. I keep hearing Randy Orton come up because they've been on dark matches or, or house show matches, rather. Um, Orton would be a good one, and I think it. I, I can't quite tell if Alistair's a heel. They, it seems to be tipping towards a heel. I would like to see him as a heel. Uh, but Orton would be a good guy to blur that line with if they're not. Um, quite sure but orton's i think orton's good for a pin at this point he's got a couple wins under his belt recently that um mean something i can't remember what any of them are but uh yeah it's i don't see a reason why orton can't uh put over black in a in a feud i mean yeah they would definitely need to go over somebody that's established not so much someone he's already faced on NXT or anything like that. It, he would need an actual name if you want this guy to make an impact on your roster as far as a name to actually to be looking for. Like, I kind of like what they're doing with Andrade, you know, kind of, uh, they're kind of letting him face people that are established. And I think him, he, I, I think he's actually going to be challenging Seth Rollins after this feud with Baron Corbin. I certainly wouldn't hate watching matches between those two. Um, Ali might be in the mix somehow. He's been cutting some really good promos, or they've been putting together some really nice produced pieces with him, kind of walking around the city, being the the superhero kind of dude. But, um, yeah, there's there's a lot of good options right now. Like, this is going to be a... a thing where I'm sure Bischoff and Heyman are coming here with fresh eyes, looking at who they have from A to Z and picking who they want and kind of launching it from there. So probably sometime between Extreme Rules, SummerSlam, and then the fallout of SummerSlam, we'll really have an idea of, of who's going to be going where. And, um, yeah, we should probably start seeing some strong pushes for some people. My prediction right now, Undisputed Era gets called up after Survivor Series. Why not before? Just have him in a Survivor Series match. I like that. Instead, uh, have a, a new member uh, call them up and, and lead the team, or Kevin Owens can, I don't know, something. Or, you know, I just... I. They seem to start rolling on certain things, though, after SummerSlam, so... If you're going to be in the mix when it comes Royal Rumble and WrestleMania season, you probably need to be already in the mix right around that time. So if they're going to get lost in the shuffle, then just keep them down there until after next WrestleMania's weekend takeover. Um, Because they haven't even broke up. If they're going to break up, they've got probably a good six months where they can let that all unhash. Um, If they're going to stay together... You know, Adam Cole with the AIW appearance tonight on NXT was fantastic. Just telling them all to take a pizza and go home. <laughs> that was hilarious. I'm not gonna lie. Oh I mean, you know, shout out and shout out to all all the AIW uh, students as well. Uh, do not take a pizza and do not go home. Do not give up. Do not listen to Adam Cole. You guys got this shit. We believe right. in you. But that promo was funny. Yeah, it was. I'm not, <laughs> not going to lie. I could, I'm just sitting there watching. I was like, damn, Adam Cole's kind of harsh. But what really got me was him hanging up his picture inside the Gargano's family restaurant. Like you you pointed out, it reeked to Jeremy Borash's uh, 
production and and ideas and outside the box thinking of putting your characters in a de- developmental position. I mean, that's that's character developing. We're, we're, we will remember that in a year from now. It, it will be a, a thing that we'll be like, remember when Adam Cole went to AIW and he told them to take a pizza and go home? That, that shit was funny. <laughs> and yeah, he was at the diner too and – Man, so like that's 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 that good shit, pal. <laughs> definitely good work, good work. Uh, but definitely impressed about the breakout tournament. Um, far as that goes, I mean, NXT is going to be in great hands for years to come, hands down. It's just going to be in, in great hands uh, with with all the new stars that they're getting, uh, the developmentals in uh, the NXT women's division. Uh, it's just going to be in great hands. And if the rumor is true, which I, it is, they're going to be competing neck and neck with AEW on Wednesday nights. So It actually feels like developmental again lately. It, it feels like it has some some people that we don't know because for a while there, from top to bottom, there was recognizable faces and now even with this tournament, you know, you, you got an opportunity to see a bunch of new people, get some fresh faces in there, and we'll see how this all develops. I mean, we've already seen someone like Tyler Breeze come back. Uh, spoiler alert, hold your ears over your head, or your hands over your ears for the next part. But Fandango is, you know, back in the taping. So, you know, in a couple weeks we'll see them reunite, and it would be nice to see them go on a tag team run in NXT. Um, get some championships under their belt, so it it's it'll be interesting to see who stays on the main roster, who's not doing too well, and who maybe might be your Tyler Breeze or your Killian Danes who coming back for uh, a second go at it. Um, not to any fault of their own, really. It's just that um, maybe they needed to add another dimension to their character or just get some momentum before they make the main roster jump and. Um, have some some steam and some people behind them. Yeah, I mean, definitely these guys coming back home, as they put it, is definitely good for for them mentally. You know that 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 allows them to get their creative juices back flowing. Uh, so I'm definitely happy with what we're going to be seeing in the future from NXT. But uh, not to get hung up on NXT uh, at all. If you listen to last week's interview, you know that we had O'Shea Edwards, and uh, you know he he actually uh, delivered a message, and the message was towards Just Incredible. I was just pretty much saying, if I could summarize it, uh, you know, I'm come I'm coming there, and I'm not coming there for a wrestling match. I come I'm, he's coming here for a fight. So, well, Just Incredible actually listened to the interview, and he actually sent us something, and he had this to say. You know what? You have a lot to say. O'Shea Edwards, I've been in the business for 25 years. And you have a lot of balls to talk the kind of shit you've talked. Time for talking's over, my friend. July 13th, I'm coming. And I'm going to come and literally wipe the mat with your goddamn blood. I'm bringing it back to a simpler time in the business of professional wrestling. I'm bringing it back to the extreme. O'Shea Edwards, July 13th, I'm going to show you why I'm not just the coolest and I'm not just the best. Lace him up tight, kid. I'm going to show you on July 13th why I am just incredible. And don't forget it. Well, damn. Um, definitely a message sent to O'Shea, uh, we'll see if O'Shea responds, or will he just respond in the ring? I uh, I don't know if there's a stipulation on that match yet, but um, kind of I I don't know if we should want one. It seems like it might warrant one at this point, but uh, it could get messy real quick with the way that uh, Justin responded. Point. I I don't know what to I don't know what to to say about that i don't know either we'll be right back right after this commercial break 
Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at Powerslam.tv. Make sure you use our promo code MWM4LIFE. Get one month free on us. That's right, one month free on us. Be able to access all of the independent wrestling in the world, including uh, promotions as Evolve, which actually has an event on the WWE Network, uh, which I'm not going to advertise a date right now because we're actually running a show that day. <laughs> well, you know, and there's a charity event that day too, so, you know, damn you if you bring that show up. But uh, we'll take another break with uh, a few more of our sponsors and we'll be right back. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Marks with Mike's. I am your host, Mr. Six Foot Nine. And as promised uh, in the first half of the show, we did tell you that we did have a special interview uh, actually here on the line with us. Uh, he's actually going to be here July 13th for RSW's 7, which is about, what, nine days away from now? By the time you listen to this podcast, you've got probably a little bit over a week to uh, get your tickets. But uh, with us today, Barrington Hughes. How are you, sir? What's going on, fam? I'm doing pretty good. How about y'all? Pretty good. Pretty good. Man, it is uh, definitely good, man. It's just trying to survive this heat out here in Cleveland, Ohio, which has um, been baking. Uh, it's been just awful hot. What do you consider hot? Uh, it's uh, 90, but it felt like 93. <laughs> man, down here, we're talking about, we're looking at 95, feeling like 98 in the shade. I know, I know your pain. I know your pain. Yes, yes, man, definitely. Uh, so when you say down there, you're talking about Miami, Florida, uh, which is where you're from. Born and Word. raised. Word. Born and raised, second generation. Uh, Jamaican grandparents from the island migrated over here in the '70s, and here I am now. Now uh, I definitely know a little bit about Miami. Me personally, myself, I was actually uh, born. Born and raised in Boynton Beach, Florida, which is not too far away from Miami-Dade, uh, right there in Palm Beach County. Mm-hmm. Roughly about an hour away. Yeah, man. I mean, I tell people all the time, I can go to Miami at will. It was never a actual, uh, you know, long-day trip. I can go to Miami and party down there at uh, Cafe Iguanas or probably uh, out there, KLD, and head right back up to Las Olas. So right. you definitely know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. You know they shut down KOD recently, right? I won't say about maybe a year or two ago. They shut down? Why? Man, you should see the look on his face right now. You just It sounded like <laughs> he was telling me his dog died or something. They yeah. shut it down? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a whole bunch of stuff going down. They investigated and was like, oh, no. This has got to go. Yeah. So, yeah. And, you know, that's what happens when you don't pay your bills. You got all that money coming through the house. Damn, man. First, first club Phantom now KOD. Yes. <laughs> Don't feel bad. Angels are still going strong. <laughs> Damn it! Even Mansion. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm getting all caught up back in my former life. But uh, so, growing up for you, who who were some of your Miami heroes? Um, you got Will the Thrill. You have the whole UM '80s team. You got the Miami Heat. I and mean, when I say Miami, I was a Miami Heat fan. I'm talking about Glenn Rice, Rony Seekley, um, um, Harold Miner. I mean, going all the way back to the 80s. Um, as far as wrestling went, Ron Simmons, of course. Um, and my absolute favorite will always be Rage Ramon because he brought presentation and representation to Miami that wrestling had never really seen up to that point. Yeah, it's funny that you say that because that character gets a lot of heat for, you know, maybe some cultural appropriation or anything like that. But for you, you just were happy to see someone re- representing the culture that was local to you. It, that's what I knew. Exactly. So, I mean, for those that, that say that, and even, you know, it, don't look, don't read too deep into it. It's wrestling, people. Like, come on. 
there's so many things in the wrestling world nowadays that need that sentence said after it. Don't take it too seriously. It's just wrestling. Exactly. <clears throat> so, uh, so you mentioned some of your Miami arrows. Now, as far as you growing up, um, going, going through school, was it, uh, more so athletics or what were you more, more into like, uh, more into the, the arts? I was more of an art kid, honestly, man. I, I went to uh, Parkway Middle School on a scholarship and, and did 2D and 3D art. And, you know, I wasn't paying attention, didn't do what I was supposed to, ended up uh, back home in Hollandale and went back to finish school there. Um, I just kept, I still do art, you know, to this day as far as costume design and other things like that. So, so when you say costume design, you, you design your own costumes. Absolutely. Look at that. Tailor made. You got to pay nobody to do it. Invest in yourself, people. I think that's a very smart idea. Absolutely. Because when I broke in, man, when I broke in eight years ago, you know, I went to a couple of, of gear makers and I presented, I was like, hey, I just need a singlet and some knee pad covers. And they were charging like six, seven hundred dollars, yo. I'm like, yo, is it because I'm fat? Like, come on, yo. So, you know, I kind of took it upon myself to kind of learn the trade and you know, I got with a couple other people to learn some more stuff and I never looked back. So where did you first decide that you were going to make this journey into professional wrestling? Was this something in the back of your head as a kid? Is this something that you started to take more seriously uh, later on in life? Uh, how'd that journey go for you? Um, I got to say, I've always been a wrestling fan. And my grandfather was the one that really brought me to become a wrestling fan. And it was like. I always thought about doing it. I, I would keep a little notebook in, in school and write storylines and do all that kind of crazy stuff that kids do. And I would say in my mid-20s, talking to my grandfather one day, he was really sick at this point. And he told me, he's like, you know what? Whatever you want to do in life, do it with no regrets. Like, you only have one life to live. And when it's over, it's over. And then he died roughly about a week later. So thinking about that, I was like, you know what? I think I really want to take the plunge and you're wrestling a chance, you know. The worst that can happen is that I'm not successful, but I have to try. So I, you know, my my girl, she helped me find the school uh, locally with Rusty Brooks. Started training there, and nine months later, I had my first match. Definitely having your your family uh, support is definitely much needed inside uh, this business. And mm-hmm. uh, just want to give you my condolences for losing your grandfather as well. Uh, Definitely, uh, I, I can relate to my my grandparents. As uh, far as my grandmother, she was the one that actually got me hooked into professional wrestling. Um, I, I, I guess you could say it's generational. Um, my grandmother, then down to my father, then down to myself. So it's kind of generational. I, I mean, I, I kind of figure when I do have kids, I'll probably pass it down to them. I don't know. Never know. You never know how they'll take to it. So leave it open, leave an open mind, you know? So, you said wrestling was something that you definitely knew that you wanted to do. As far as mm-hmm. wrestling itself, uh, who were some of your biggest influences as far as getting into uh, the ring? Getting into the ring, especially because I got older, I started doing some tape trading. So, of course, you had the Japanese, you had Masawa, you had Shinya Hashimoto. That they inspire me, but I wouldn't say I take my style from them. Um, just watching their fighting spirit and watching how they tell a story with their bodies was always different. You know what I mean? Um, but as far as like in-ring stuff, Gary Albright will always be my number one as far as in-ring influences. Um, because he was an absolute beast, man. Like you didn't really see a lot of big guys, move, you know, do what he could do. And I don't think he really got a fair shake in the States the way he did in Japan. Um, of course, Bam Bam Bigelow, Vader, uh, Bad News Allen. Um, God, so many of them. Still, I still look at guys like Joe, like the old Joe. Um, countless others. I really can't think of them all at the moment. Okay. So, I mean, JT is a big guy. I'm a big guy. You're a big guy. What What's it like being a big guy in a, a sport that sometimes people are looking for that muscle-bound athlete, you know, or you're stereotyped as the monster heel or you know, what, what's been that journey like from, from that end of things? Um, it's been, it's been, a, it's been a fight. It's been a fight because 
There were a lot of times I didn't want to do the cookie cutter monster heel, rah, 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 shish, boom, bah, shtick. And I would fight for it. You know, a lot of promoters didn't want to do it at first. And, and you know, just over time, it got, you know, it got more reception, it got uh, more play and more traction to where fans weren't ignoring it. Promoters had to be like, well, let's give it a shot. And a lot of them just never, they didn't regret it. Speaking of promotions, I cannot go on further in this uh, interview. We have to talk about uh, talk about your history making match with MLW. You have the quickest victory on record. Yep, still do to this day. Still to this day. Uh, how how is it working with that promotion? Because uh, I I tell I tell wrestling fans. When I do get a chance, definitely check out MLW. If you if you can't get it on cable, with with Ben Sports, guess what? You can actually watch it on YouTube uh, within like a couple days right after that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a great experience, man. I mean, the the front office is not the same as it was when I first got there. But when I was there, we had the we had access to guys like Bruce Richard. We had MVP there. We had you know Loki, who's still there. Um, still one of my mentors to this day. Somebody has given me tons and tons of great advice that I still follow. Most of it, sorry, Key, but um, you know he's been a tremendous help with with just kind of helping me get my focus and help help me be more than just a one facet character. Becoming more multi layered, becoming more multi dimensional, becoming more relatable as a wrestling character, um, and as, just as a person, man, it, it, it helped a lot. So I, I can't thank him enough above anything else. You know, Bruce helped me with my promos and, and really helped me take those to the next level. You know, anytime working with him was always great. He'd yell at you. I'm not going to lie. He would yell at you, but he would only mean best. He's, he's, that, he's that stage dad that always wants the best of for you. And I can honestly say that about Bruce. So what did you think when uh, he made the move back to the the mothership, as uh, some might call it, uh, when he went back to, to WWE after all the success with, you know, something to wrestle with and, you know, floating between Impact, MLW, uh, a couple other side jobs? Uh, did it kind of make sense that he was going to end back up there? Oh, of course. And I'm happy that he did go back because it's like that's where he started. That's home. So it only made sense for him to go back and do what he loved, you know, and be, and be in a place where... You know, he, he like you said, he called home. That's the mothership. You know, it was a it was a great loss at MLW, but again, I was happy for him, the person, above anything else. So, uh, what what's what's the landscape hold for you know your your career there in MLW? Uh, what, what do you hope to get out of the experience going forward? Um, sky's the limit at this point. I mean, I I haven't been on te- television recently, but who knows what the future would hold? You know. I have to thank MLW above anything else because they they brought the super heavyweights back to TV. You know, they brought us back and they showed us that we are more than just a joke. We are more than just a mockery. We are legitimate athletes like anybody else. You know, so if, above anything else, I owe them a debt of gratitude for that. But as far as my future there, I, I can't I can't call it right now. So we have to talk about some of these nicknames that you have and how did these come about? The first nickname. The Caramel Colossus. Well, that basically was me being my goofy self. You know, just being, you know, I've always been a, a, a big guy, of course, obviously. And then just kind of playing around with stuff. I was like, well, let me see if this would work. And it was just trying something different, trying something new out. Um, I've since dropped the Caramel, you know, because I've taken my my career in a more, uh, the character in a more serious uh, direction. But that that nickname has probably brought me the most success. The Mel's favorite wrestler. <laughs> All right. So I can't even tell that story here. Sorry. Uh, uh, yeah, next. you can tell whatever story that you want, man. Oh, oh no, 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 no. To protect the innocent, I can't do it. So moving on. <laughs> I plead the fifth. Yep. <laughs> oh man. All right. All right. So we 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 generally like to joke around here on on this show. So um, we we hit you up earlier, and you said that you were playing Destiny. Now my co-host right here actually happens to be uh, 
pretty decent on the sticks. So I'm going to let him hit you with these questions. All right. Is this something that uh, you, you, you've been down since day one? Is this uh, you jumped on the D2 train? You just kind of get in where you can? Or what, what, uh, what's, what's your experience like with Destiny? All right. So I jumped in around D2. Um, I, I had had a PS3 for up until, I want to say, last year because I was always busy. So my, my best friend, he's like, you know what, man? Just jump on. I think you'd like this game. And yeah, sure enough. I've been stuck on it ever since. I'm still playing between this, uh, Apex Legends, and Vampire, which I might stop playing pretty soon. Yeah, man. It, uh, it's, it's uh, Apex gets a lot of play these days. Destiny gets a lot of play after uh, some some struggle, but I, I'm sure it's a little dicey for you trying to level up consistently when you're trying to level up in life. <laughs> right. You got to kind of find that balance, man. You got to get that feng shui. Right, right. But so have, uh, what class do you run? Main Titan. Main Titan? Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And then you're a PlayStation guy? I'm an Xbox guy. Oh, see, I'm an Xbox guy, too. I, I heard the PS3 oh. and you threw, threw me off there for a minute. Okay. So uh, is this something that uh, that uh, that kind of hits that RPG element for you, or what what draws you to it? It's the sci-fi element, man. It's you're basically telling a space drama, and and there's tons of you know collectible. It's a loot shooter, and it's a lot of fun things, a lot of different aspects. Like, hey, if you want to do the adventures, do the adventures. If you want to fight, you can fight. You know, it, it's multifaceted, and I think that's what really appeals to a lot of the fans because you can do essentially whatever you want in the game. Yeah. It's just got a little something for everybody. And it's, it, it's, it's a mood thing too. You don't have to switch games. If you feel like doing some PVP or if you want to do a long questy grind with, you know, a few friends, it's you right. got all the options. So, all right, man. So, um, given off the destiny, we uh, we got some other destinies that uh, are going to be fulfilled soon, and you will be making uh, your appearance at uh, Mulberries here soon for uh, RSW Real Shoot Wrestling's event seven. What can you tell us about uh, your opponent and uh, how you feel about the Beast Man? And Beast Man is somebody I've been watching for a while, man. I I, I gotta say I respect him. I don't have to like him. Um, and I'm getting ready to come and piss in your backyard, man. Like, what are you gonna do about it? <laughs> You know, it's it's essentially just a new opportunity. I'm coming into a new market uh, with the Midwest. I've been to Chicago. I've never been to Ohio. I honestly don't know what to expect, but I'm coming with my best foot forward and hoping to be back soon. I'm real excited for this one. I got to tell you because uh, I've I haven't uh, spoken to the Beast Man because it, it's it's arguable whether or not that would be considered a conversation or not, but. <laughs> You know, I, I've been ringside taking photographs in, you know, ASWA events, and the man can move. The man is big. I, I think we got a real tight clash of the titans on our hands here. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, just just a simple fact. I mean, both of you guys move swift in the ring. Uh, we're, we're, we're just going to have a hard town slugfest, which I can't wait for the listeners and the people out there in Cleveland, Ohio to witness and see uh, on July 13th. And if you haven't got your tickets yet, this is definitely a reason by itself to go ahead and get it. I mean, you're getting ready to see Barrett to Hughes make his Cleveland, Ohio debut, his RSW debut here inside the Midwest. You have the beast man. This match is definitely going to end up all over the place. And if I were you, I would definitely have my ticket ready. Whether you're front row or general admission, get it now. Now, moving moving on to uh, another question of mine. I have to know right now, if it came down to just one wrestler, who would your dream opponent be? Ooh. Um, living or dead? Doesn't matter. Andre the Giant. Why Andre? Why not Andre? Andre drew money everywhere he went. That's an automatic payday. That's a six-figure payday anywhere you go. 
smart man, definitely looking at the dollar sign. And not not only that, Andre, uh, for his size and for that time, was not not only the biggest draw, but not only inside of wrestling, just around the world. Period. Uh, mm-hmm. Andre Andre the Giant is is definitely the eighth wonder of the world, and he's that for a reason. But he really did make people wonder how, how is it being a giant? Like how is it being, you know, freakishly big? I mean, mm-hmm. when when people see myself. Uh, in person, it's like, damn, this guy's huge, and you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure you get the same thing. Oh, absolutely. But, uh, you know, people, people really don't know what it's like looking in from our lens, seeing seeing the world. It's a, nope. uh, it's definitely different. Uh, it's it's a whole different experience, and I th- I think if um, the people can actually walk in those shoes at least once in life, they would know that we absolutely hate people asking us to reach for stuff on the top shelf while we're out yep. in public. Or, or untwisting the bottle of pickle. Yeah, it's, it's annoying after a while. I mean, honestly, and uh, the most classic one is, oh, how's the weather up there? I mean, seriously? Seriously. Classic. It happens, though. Not much we can do about it. We just have to kind of give the Kawhi Leonard laugh and keep going. Oh. <laughs> 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 So, so speaking of Kawhi, I gotta know where do you think Kawhi's gonna end up? Everybody wants to say L.A. I think he's gonna pull the. I think he's gonna pull the swerve and stay in Toronto. At least I hope he does. Just because he he brought a championship there, why not stay and see what you can do? So, what about uh, the Miami Heat picking up uh, Jimmy buckets? How do you feel about that? Super excited about that. So, sorry to see Whiteside go, but again, he he didn't bring the fire that we needed, you know, in a big man. So let's actually give us more options and opportunities to win. Man, it's not every day a, a team loses a Dwayne Wade and then picks up a Jimmy Butler the next season, right? It not that you know matter. Dwayne was you know necessarily at the at the peak of uh, where Jimmy's at right now, but I mean, speaking from a Cavs fan perspective, I know I appreciated when he was here. Uh, oh, yeah. Still had a lot of left in the tank, so you know, shout out well, to Dwayne. Brought up three, exactly, he brought up three championships. I can't ask for much more from that. Yeah, and I was there for all three of those at the Triple A. There you go, <laughs> man. I just, I, I just remember those days, and those days was just absolutely glorious. But uh, <laughs> speaking of uh, those three championships, of course, two with LeBron James, who was donning back the number six. With the Lakers, and as I've told many people, um, when LeBron wore number six, he was a lot more ruthless, in my opinion. Yeah, he's super competitive. So I cannot wait to see the number six return this season. Uh, but I'm going to ask you two more questions before we get out of here. Um, right. This question would be, when you're in the gym, who are you bumping on your playlist? Run the jewels, run the jewels. Um, Freddie Gibbs and probably do a little bit of Mastodon every now and then. Mastodon, I like it, like it. He's eclectic, I love it. Like the Mastodon call. Got a chance to see them at uh, Rock on the Range a few times, and I don't think I've ever seen them put on a bad show. Nice. I'm not a heavy, and I'm not a heavy metal fan like that. But it's something about their music; they bring a certain energy, especially when you're lifting. Yeah, oh back. yeah, even within the genre, they're they're a little out there. They 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 got their own style, mm-hmm. which is sure. which is why I appreciate them. It's me out. But uh, okay, so next question, and uh, this is always a tough one. Everyone always uh, answers this one kind of confused. I end up giving them actually two options. But best movie of all time, in your opinion? (laughs) Best movie of all time coming to America. My man. (laughs) My man. Listen. If like you, you have no idea. Like in my mind, I'm just sitting there. I'm like, please say coming to America. Please say, <laughs> please say coming to America. It's the I need you to say it. 
it's the perfect movie. Like, Hands it, down. Every, it hits everything as far as emotional spectrum. I mean, I yes. Yes, hands down, that, that movie is an absolute classic from top to bottom. And the funny part is, I want to say about at least 85% of the people that have seen this movie can quote it line by line. Yep. So right now, if I was to give you a line from the movie, you would know what to say right afterwards. Oh, absolutely. Okay. All right. You ready? Go. Donation. Donation. Oh, I thought that was trash, man. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Don't be hitting on me, you stupid ass. <laughs> That's women up in here. There ain't nobody giving me none. <laughs> Love that. My God, see that that right there, like classic. And uh, just oh, their anniversary just passed. Uh, was it last week? Coming to America. How do you feel about part two? Um, we'll see. That's the, the probably the best answer I can give. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm kind of. Here's the thing: we had a how high part two, and um, yeah. Pay, pay type F in the chat for respect, please. Because I heard that was terrible. Yeah, it's definitely uh, it's definitely one of those we'll see, because I don't want to uh, you know, overhype it. But if they do it right, I'll be happy. I mean, shoot, we, we have all these other remakes, right? You had Chucky, uh, you have Aladdin, and you also have a, apparently a Miss Doubtfire that's on the way. So, you know, I'm just, I'm just going to sit back and I'm going to just wish that this movie does well. And hopefully it goes straight to Netflix. <laughs> and I hope it does well. I hope it's successful, you know, because any black comedy, any black film that does good for us, it's good for the culture. So I definitely want it to do well. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, before before you get out of here, let's definitely give everyone your social media handles right now. All right. Find me on Twitter and Instagram at ColossusBHughes, uh, Facebook.com slash TheBarringtonHughes, um, YouTube, just type BarringtonHughes Wrestling, and uh, WhatAManeuver.net. Search the Barrington Hughes collection for any church. All right. And ladies and gentlemen, with that being said, I'm Mr. Six Foot Nine. This is the homeboy Doug Douglas. And the voice that you just heard on this interview will be here July 13th at Mulberry's here in Cleveland, Ohio, facing his opponent, the Beast Man. Make sure you get your tickets while you have the chance to. You only have eight days left to go ahead and get it, and I cannot wait to see these two collide in the ring coming up July 13th at 8.35 p.m. at Mulberry's. And we are out. Boom.